step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. It is a Wednesday morning or so, and we have certainly enjoyed these visits over the last two, two and a half months with uh, Michael Federico, ULM's head baseball coach. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. First of all, we certainly appreciate you coming in here on your uh, first year as the head coach of the ULM Moorhawks. These uh, visits have been fun over the course of the last eight weeks or so. Uh, I know this isn't the conversation you wanted us to be having. We want to be talking about postseason play and a big game maybe today. But the fact that you guys did not make the tournament, what has the last couple of days been like for you and your staff? Well, of course, it's been a, a big disappointment uh but at the same time you know i do feel like we've accomplished a couple things um i think we've taken some steps forward uh, and it's, it's amazing it doesn't matter if you whether you make the tournament or you, you know you make a regional or whatever sometimes the, the, the season comes to a screeching halt so fast and uh and it's always disappointing no matter you know there's really only one team that's happy at the end of the year that wins a national championship but uh um had our exit meetings the last two days and um you know, just trying to take inventory and kind of, you know, start preparing for the next year. It's amazing. Um, even when the season ended, you start getting calls from the the new guys that are going to be here next year. Hey, Coach, what times, uh, when, when do we have to report? And so, you know, there's excitement from that standpoint because there's a fresh new group of kids that are going to be coming in. But it's also, you know, a disappointing thing when you when you have 11 seniors and, and you got to say goodbye to them. And, of course, you know they're not ready for the real world. They're they're uh, going to be missing the, the, the opportunity to be able to play baseball and uh, you know some of those kind of things. Federico, Coach Federico, take us behind the curtain. So these exit meetings, what do they typically consist of? Well, you know, talk about a lot of things. Talk about uh, you know how the season went for them, some things that they can improve upon, um, things that we need to when it work for uh, in the future um, to be able to make adjustments to, you know, be, you know, more consistent and a, and a better player, a better, better teammate, some of those kind of things. Um, of course, you know, also talk about, uh, you know, the academic side of it. Some guys did really, really well. Some guys, you know, didn't do as, as well. So, uh, you know, talk about some of those kind of things. And then, um, you know, what are some things that we as the coaches, I think it's important to kind of get some constructive criticism. We as coaches, we're always telling them, um, you know, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. But uh, we don't really ask the question sometimes, what do we as coaches have to improve upon, whether it's, uh, you know, organizational skills or if it's individual stuff, uh, you know, a pitcher with a pitching coach or hitter with a hitting coach or, um, 
you know, just the way we do things. And I think it's important that you allow the, the kids to uh, have a voice and have an opinion, not that you're going to change everything, but uh, sometimes we're not conscious of things that, you know, that we're doing, whether it's something as simple as, hey, we're leaving at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. And you're like, coach, you told us we're leaving at, at, at 10 o'clock at, at 930, you know, and just, you know, some things that we as, as coaches sometimes forget about. And uh, I think it's important to hear those things from them. Got a large class coming in, so is it safe to say you've had some tough decisions to make over the last uh, week or so? Um, it has been. You know, I think some, some people are, are, are not coming back, um, and, and um, some of it's their choice. Some of it's, you know, a little bit that they didn't do some things the, the way that we needed them, to, the expectation of how I want our program to be run. And um, we do have a, a big class coming in, but, we, you know, we did lose a lot as well with, uh, you know, the 11 seniors. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of it. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be exciting. And, you know, now it's also we've got a couple of our signees that are getting some Major League Baseball attention. And so we'll, we'll be really, really monitoring the draft um, in, in two weeks. Uh, you know, got a couple guys that are working out for some people, some junior college kids that are uh, doing some, some pro tryouts. And, of course, some of them are still playing. We've got, uh, I think, three of our Signees will be in the Junior College World Series, either the Division One in, in Grand Junction or the Division Two in Enid, Oklahoma. So that's exciting. We'll be following those guys and, and you know rooting for their teams. Um, you know, it's 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 great to have kids that are coming from winning programs, just like we did this year. You know, um, you know Braden Barrett and Jacob Sharon and Turner Francis all played at you know played in national championship type games in the world series so i feel like we're getting you know that quality of kids that are coming from winning programs that understand what it takes to win and um we need to continue to do that with some of the guys that we have coming in this upcoming year coach does that put you in a weird spot as a coach you're happy for these recruits success but you also on the flip side kind of want them to stay a little bit more hidden because you want them to arrive on this campus oh absolutely you know and in the recruiting process, you know, you, you let them know, like, look, we can help you and, and you can help us. It looks great. And if we don't get some of these kids, it looks great that we sign the right ones that are, you know, garnering attention from, from pro, pro scouts and have a chance to, you know, play professional baseball. But at, at the same time, we can help them in hopefully getting a little bit more money. You know, if a kid say he's drafted in the 15th round, and uh, you know he's offered whatever $150,000. Sometimes you can say, "Look, man, you're coming here. You're getting a big scholarship, which is worth X amount of dollars. Um, you know, see if you can get a little bit more money from whoever it is, and the Yankees, the Cubs, whatever team that drafts them. So it's a bargaining thing, and, and there's no crystal ball with it. You know, just because you're drafted, I think a lot of people think just because you're drafted, you're playing professional baseball. Yes, but you're not playing Major League Baseball. There's a big difference in that, and you want to make sure you're in the right organization. You want to make sure that they're, um, you know, they're, what they see in you is, is what's going to be one of those things in order to get to the big leagues. And, and I think that's a misconception. It's great. There's a lot of people that can say they play professional baseball in the minor leagues, but it's very few that actually make money um, and, and, you know, don't go to college and then they have to go back and, and finish school up later on. So it's, it's a tough choice, but uh, it's, it's always a fun thing. And, you know, and it's, 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 I mean, I talked with one of them as I was driving back to Mississippi uh, last night, we talked for, you know, 30 minutes. I've talked to his dad a few times and, you know, it's a scary situation for them too, because 
um, there, again, there's no crystal ball. As you self-evaluate this squad and to compete with the likes of, uh, you know, the Raging Cajuns, Troy, or Coastal Carolina, what needs to improve by next year? I think the the, the biggest thing it, it is pitching. You know, I, it, and I, I know I'm a pitching guy. Uh, you know, you can find ways to navigate uh, runs. You know, we, we hit over 250, um, and, and actually we're, you know, kind of middle of the pack a little bit from the offensive standpoint. But, you know, we were last in a lot of the columns on the pitching side of it. And uh, part of that was our defense wasn't good enough at times. But the, but the biggest thing is just from a depth standpoint, uh, you know, our starting pitching, they did the best that they could. But we've got to get better there to be able to get deeper into the game and not have to use our, our bullpen, which, you know, our bullpen was actually pretty good when you look at the numbers of them as individuals. But as a group, we, we've got to get better on the mound. We've got to get a little bit more depth. Um and that's, that's the hardest part. You know, it, it doesn't matter uh, whether you're playing nine-year-old All-Stars or you're playing for the Yankees. Everybody's, everybody's always saying we've got to have, you know, a number five pitcher or we've got to have a bullpen guy. And that's the hardest part. And that's going to be the, the one area that it's going to take a few years for us to, uh, to really get it where we need to be to be successful. And, you know, you look at, you know, you just mentioned Troy and, and, and Lafayette and, and they're two of the better teams in our league, and you look at their numbers, they're number one and two in the pitching column, and that's what it comes down to. Coach, I'm always curious, and you being a pitching guy, how hard is it to evaluate a guy in the high school ranks and, and to understand whether or not his velocity or whether or not he can add a couple miles to his stuff, whether that will translate to the next level? It is. It's difficult, you know, and it, it, some of it depends on, you know, the, the level of the high school they're playing because, you know, you mm-hmm. can go – watch a high school game and, and they may dominate the the six through nine hole hitters and, and no offense to some of the high schools, but you might have a you know, a freshman or a sophomore that's batting in the seven hole and you know, he elevates a fastball at eighty eight miles an hour and the kid, you know, swings at it and it's really a ball. Uh, at our level that you know, each each step that kids go up, whether it's to college or professional baseball, the hitters get a little bit better from a strike zone recognition. And that's one thing, you know, there's a misconception. A kid will strike out a lot of a lot of guys, whether it's in JUCO or high school, and, you know, you really go evaluate it, and you're like, you know, they're, they're swinging at some bad pitches. So, uh, you know, that's where the, the evaluation gets difficult. But, you know, it, it's not that, that tough because the, the biggest thing is, is can they compete? Um, do they have athleticism enough to be able to make adjustments? And do they have some type of off-speed pitch? You know, can they can they spin it, or do they have a changeup that uh, you know you feel like can can be a you know a, a positive pitch? Um, and then you know, to me, the the hardest part of evaluating a high school kid is to say he's legitimately going to be a starter for you, because um, it's very difficult for a freshman to come in and be you know uh, whether it's a midweek or a weekend starter. But uh, you know, can they be a piece to your bullpen and, and those kind of things? But it's it's that's the fun part. Um, but I think that's that's the hard part that people don't really recognize is when you, when you go watch a high school game. Again, there's there's a kid that's hitting the nine hole that may not be the best hitter in the world, and you know he's swinging at bad pitches, and that's one strikeout that he, he probably wouldn't get at our level. Coach Fed, you guys certainly put a better product on the field this year, and of course you did some. Uh things to the stadium with the, the wall and then, of course, uh, some of the improvements underneath to the clubhouse and things like that. What's the next thing on the uh, agenda that you want to be seen see done out at Warhawk Field? 
Well, of course, I want to continue to get the you know the fan support out there. You know, we averaged over a thousand people uh, a game this year, which was 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 really neat. Um, you know, improved from last year. So I do think our product was was pretty good. I know we we played hard. Um, you know, pretty much on a daily basis, we were in a lot of games, and um, you know, I'm proud of that, and I want to continue to do that because I think it's a you know it's a great venue for people to come out. So I do want to kind of keep improving on facility standpoint. And um, th- th- those are going to take time. Um, you know, there's there's plans to, to do things in the future. Of course, it always comes down to money. And, um, we'll, you know, we'll continue to keep, you know, working to raise money and continue to uh, little by little do some things. But uh, there's no, you know, major things that we're, we're planning on doing right now. Um, you know, there's, there's ideas. We'd you know, love to be able to get turf eventually. Uh, I think that, that helps, you know, in every way, shape, and form, especially with the weather that we get. Um, you know, I'd love to look to, to get a, a weight room underneath our stadium. We've got we've got a little bit of space under there that we could do that. So, from a player development standpoint, I think turf and a weight room would be crucial. And I think it's also a recruiting tool that uh, you know we can say, hey, look, we got this and we have that, and um, we can get on the, an even playing field with with some other people, whether it's in our state, in our region, or in our conference. Um, so those are those are things that you know ideas, but of course it takes money, and uh, you know we got to continue to keep getting those things, and hopefully over the years we'll continue to keep winning, and um, we'll be able to get some of that stuff done. At uh, what point do you start working on the schedule? And of course fans want to know: Will LSU be back on that schedule in the near future? Well, LSU will be on our schedule next year. Uh, the schedule's just about done. We actually will open up at LSU in a tournament. Uh, we will play. Uh, I don't know the order of it. Army, uh, Air Force, and LSU in a tournament. It's an Armed Force Armed Forces tournament that we will play in. So excited about getting them on the schedule for next year. Um, and, and I'm working with Coach Maneri to try to get him back up here. Um, but we'll have a couple SEC games. Um, we'll play in another tournament where we'll play uh, Tennessee, uh, West Virginia, and, and um, Western Kentucky, which is an old rival in, in the Sun Belt. And um, we'll play a midweek game with Mississippi State, a midweek game with uh, Southern Miss, and then, you know, of course, our typical midweek stuff, the home-and-home home with, with La Tech in uh, Northwestern State and, uh, you know, a couple of the, uh, whether it's Jackson State and Grambling. So I, I, I like our schedule. We're still probably one or two games shy of finishing it, but uh, uh, I think it'll be a challenging schedule, and I think from an RPI standpoint, we, we should be in better shape um, for the future of you know trying to get at large bids and stuff, so but we'll have to we'll have our, our challenges with trying to win some of those games um, again and continuing to keep building this program. Sunbelt Conference tournament continues down in Lafayette. I think they featured two walk-offs uh, yesterday. How important is it for uh, this conference to try to make the argument that you can get three teams in to a regional this year? Well, you know, if you look at you look at the RPI for the conference, you know, pretty much all year it's been it's been in the top six or seven. So um, when you when you see that, you, you definitely think it's worthy of, of the three teams, um, and I think it is. You know, from my experience in the last you know 13 years playing in, in Conference USA, which um, honestly was was a really good conference as well. But uh, you know, we've we've kind of taken over that. We we were a lot higher. I think Conference USA was 11th. Um, I think the American Conference was a little bit behind us as well. So I, I definitely think we deserve three. Uh, it could get a little sticky if somebody wins the tournament that, uh, 
you know, one of the lower seeds, and, and that could also knock somebody else out of the way. But we got a couple of those bubble teams, you know, um, Lafayette and uh, and Troy are kind of right there in, in that um, that bubble area that they may not get in, and that's always scary because you feel like you've put a resume together, um, and 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 sometimes you know if, if other people win their, their conference tournaments, if the you know number eleven seed wins the SEC tournament, then now they get ten teams in from the SEC instead of the eight or nine that they're talking about, and it it, it, it trickles down to hurt you know, the smaller conferences like ours. But I definitely think we're worthy of, of three. I think we've got, um, you know, three teams that not only have have the resume, but they have the fan support, too, that, uh, you know, they'll travel. And, and let's face it, the NCAA is going to be looking at those kind of things, and they want to make money. And um, there's there's definitely three teams in our league that I think are, are can do that. And, um, you know, honestly, there's almost a fourth team, if, if you ask my opinion, but – um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but definitely we'll be pulling for our league and, and pulling for those teams to get in there because I think it, it helps us. It helps us to be able to tell a recruit, look, we're gonna, you're going to be playing in a league that um, it, it's pretty much automatically going to get three teams in, and, and, you know, that makes us more worthy in the next couple of years when we're uh, knocking on the door to get in, and, and that's one thing that I'm looking forward to, and, and um, I know it's going to happen for us in the future. All right, Coach Federico, let me throw you a curveball to end this segment. I don't know if you're a big movie watcher, but of these baseball movies with the summer now upon us, which is the best? Bull Durham, Major League, Moneyball, Field of Dreams, The Natural. I got to go with The Natural. Um, I'm just, I'm old school. Uh, I remember I remember that one as a kid. Uh, some of the other ones, you know, the Bull Durham and everything, was those are great movies. Um Moneyball is, is kind of neat for me too because I played with Chad Bradford, uh, you know, to see his story through that. But uh, I definitely have to go with the natural. Uh, it's just it's clean. I can watch it with my kids, and uh, it's just pure. I like it. Uh, we enjoyed working with you this year. Uh, I'm going to pester you a couple times this summer. Hope you don't mind. Certainly want to get your uh, take on the, the College World Series when it comes up. Absolutely. I'd love to be on there anytime, and um, I really appreciate all the support, uh, not only for this show, but, uh, you know, with the TV station and everything that you gave to our team and, uh, you know, the story that you did on Cole Hendricks and his family. Uh, you know, it'll never be forgotten for me, um, and you guys have made it, uh, you know, very pleasurable first year, and I uh, look forward to a number of years ahead with you guys. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Aaron. Bye-bye. Michael Federico, ULM's head baseball coach. There you go. You didn't want to go there with the, the natural. Todd says, uh, what about rookie of the year? <laughs> Richie says, Moneyball was okay. I've seen it once and will not rush to see it again. I should have put for the love of the game in there. Richie also says, Bull Durham was a better baseball film than Moneyball and Major League, although I love Major League myself. <laughs> Just a bit outside. I love that movie. I'm sorry. But like, it's it's like one of those things where – like I feel like Moneyball is a better movie than than movies like uh, Major League and Rocky Three, Rocky Four, whatever you want to say. But those other movies are just so much more rewatchable. You know what I mean? Like you just want to keep revisiting. Like Major League, I could watch it right now. It could be on TV, and I could just watch it. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Some good stuff there from Coach Federico. Uh, really a tremendous job. 
they got off to such a good start. Ultimately, you know, that final two series when they needed to win a game against Troy and the Cajuns, and they were unable to get it done. I go back to that Thursday night, and, of course, the opportunity to end that losing streak to the Cajuns and just it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. By the way, I put a poll up asking if Moneyball was a top 10 sports movie. 56% said no. 44% said yes. Tabor also weighed in and said Bull Durham. Got to go with Bull Durham. Five people have voted so far probably in that poll. Uh, almost double. <laughs> so don't hate, bro. <laughs> We're back after this. Well, this is kind of strange, isn't it? This is very weird. So we got a text from Hogan saying the movie. At 820. At 820 saying the movie with Clint Eastwood and Jay Timberlake was good. Trouble with the curve. I'm telling you, like a second after, mm-hmm. Richie texts in. Maybe they're in the same car. Maybe. He said, I like Trouble with the Curve, too. <laughs> like he just read that text somehow. Clint Eastwood as the aging pro scout who lo- who's losing his vision. Great stuff. That was a good movie. I, I never saw Trouble with the Curve. Well, anytime you put Clint Eastwood in a movie, well, you know, I, Kevin Costner in a sports movie, I think you're going to hit a home run. I honestly heard it wasn't good, so I think that's why I didn't watch it. It's good. But now I'm getting different opinions here. I like it. Okay. Maybe I need to go visit it. Hmm. All right. I still I still think feel like people are sleeping on Moneyball. Hmm. But there have been a lot. I'll say this. More, more than any other sport, there have been better baseball movies. Baseball's had a lot of great movies. Football's been hit or miss. I haven't. I don't really love. There's not one basketball movie I love. And that includes Hoosiers, my friend. Uh, When's the last time you watched Hoosiers? Uh, I watched it recently. Sometime this year, yeah. Oh, sometime this Okay, so you watched it more recent than yeah. I have. Huh? You were not bored? No. Dude, the first part of that movie, I just found myself being bored. That's how you millennials are. No, I mean. Those are almost fighting words to say that you do not did not enjoy Hoosiers. I did not enjoy Hoosiers. Rudy is my all-time favorite, though. Uh, And I get into some heated debates with my friends who say Rudy is overrated, and I completely disagree. To me, there's nothing better than Rudy when it comes to sports movies. Richie says Space Jam. (laughs) Hey, no joke. I like Space Jam, too. (laughs) Especially when, uh, when, when they play the game. I think we got a problem over here with Jake on several different fronts. Of course, there's a movie interest, and then he's already breaking down uh, week number one of the college football season, and he wants to go all in on a couple games. Yeah, we don't have enough time to go through these. I I really broke it down in depth. Like, this deserves a full segment. We've only got a couple minutes. Well, well, give us your your best teaser, man. Best teaser, and we'll get into it tomorrow, or maybe Friday. Um, I like tech. Being a ten point favorite over South Alabama, I think they can more than cover that. I was kind of surprised it was at ten, and that's all I'll say. I like Tech a lot with that, and I've got some stat like South Alabama. You look at it; they went four and eight last year. New coach, new coach. I believe Tech won. Was it like thirty four to sixteen last year, something like that? Um. I just everything points points to that being more than a ten point victory, mm. and I've got and I looked up some statistics that that benefit that as well. And a lot of people will probably bring up, well, 
we still don't know if Jay Moore can be the answer, can can lead this team to the heights that a lot of people think that they're capable of. And I just counter that with, well, they still scored more than 30 points a game last year. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we'll get deep into that. I I was I had a conversation with my wife. I was like, look, let's let's try let's try a little a little experiment this football season. <laughs> I, I want to see where this conversation is. I said, is. listen, you trust me, right? <laughs> so what I want to do. So that's how you started the conversation. You trust me, right? And she does. She, she, yeah. she, and she said, yeah. She, I'm good with money. Okay. I am good with money. Okay. You're cheap. She, she understands. I am a cheap person. Okay. I, I don't like to spend much. But I was like, look, I'm going to work my tail off this summer. Uh you know, I got like three gigs. <laughs> yeah, this with the baby coming though, very yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it'll be fine. <laughs> so I'm gonna work my tail off this summer. I'm gonna make an addition, an additional yeah. two hundred dollars yeah. with um, Danny Don. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna take that money yeah. and I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna put it to the side. Your fun money. My fun money. Or the diaper That's money. Be my, or the diaper money. Well, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be my betting money. But uh, I was like, let me go through this. Not week by week. I'll probably do with just two hundred dollars. Probably do like one week a month, maybe more, maybe a little bit more than that. Anyway, I was already looking at week one lines. Like, what do I want to jump on that I think is going to move? I feel like tech's going to move. That's going to go up. I feel. Anyway, we'll get into those later. But I just I I talked to her. I said, let's experiment this. We lose the two hundred dollars. We lose two hundred dollars. But I said I don't think I'm going to lose it because. Last year on radio, we tried to pick the hardest lines. We picked the local lines, but we also picked the hardest lines to predict, did we not? Uh-huh. Still was in the good. If I look at it you know, every month and look at all the lines and go, what are the easiest lines? What are the like cl- as close to can't miss as you can get? If I'm actually looking for those lines, I feel like it's a no-brainer, right? Uh, I've already spent the money. This sounds like a guy that's got an issue. He's going to have no, some issues, some it's problems. Only, it's, a, it's an experiment. If I lose that $200, okay, we're done. We're not going to do it anymore. If I win. Yeah. Of course, that's coming from a guy that was uh, Sunday uh, watching horse racing across the country. You. Yeah. Yeah, that's you. You got the issue, my friend. <laughs> uh, South Alabama returned seven starters from a defense that was ranked 13th nationally in red zone defense. Also, uh, was sixth in the Sun Belt in scoring defense for uh, about 27 points per game. So, just saying, Jake. Mm. So they'll be looking to shut down Jamar. Yeah. In the 10 points. Uh, we got a lot of texts about movies. I knew this would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Chris says, The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just put it this way. Somebody said, Rudy sucks. Yeah. Uh, Hogan says, I own Hoosiers and stopped watching it five minutes in. Rudy and replacements are the best. The replacement. Oh, uh, yeah. Coach Carter. I did forget about Coach Carter. It's okay. Oh, the rookie, man, with Dennis Quaid. That is certainly right there. Should have mentioned that one. Yeah. Uh, Jay says, my sister worked at Outback in Baton Rouge when she was going to LSU. Back when Outback had paper menus, she met the real Rudy and got him to sign the menu. Oh, great story. Very cool. I lo- Dude, I love Rudy. I, the Rudy haters, y'all can go somewhere. Because to me, the reason why I love Rudy is because college football is my favorite. And that whole movie is just a love letter to college football. What did that mean for his life after that movie came out? And the fact that it was done so well. That set him up forever. Absolutely. Yeah. He hit the lottery. Yeah. Glory Road. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. I don't know. I, I still think that baseball has 
way better sports movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's more conducive to storytelling also. Or they just hit the – and I like and Remember the Titans. We haven't even talked about Remember the Titans, another good one. I I used to love Friday Night Lights, the movie. I tried to rewatch it. I don't think it holds up. You know, I, I, I barely got through it. Um, so I don't think it's as good as I remember it. Still, all the stuff with Booby is, is great. So if you had the over and under, when we'd start talking about movies during the summer and you thought it'd come in June, well, we hit the Sorry. Under. Yes. Sorry. I love how everything's betting now. Over, over, under for everything. Over, under what time I'm eating lunch today. Uh, 11.10. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. So what happened to uh, Golden State being unstoppable? The Warriors now in a fight with the Rockets as they fall last night to Houston, 95-92. The Rockets even that series up at two games apiece. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer. Um, you know, I think uh, Quint pointed out a really good point on the text line earlier this morning saying that, you know, Iguodala's absence is a big piece of it. And I, I really do think it is, too, because it really has caused them to shorten up their bench. And what's interesting is the war. this is a completely different tangent, but the Warriors have, like, four centers on their bench that didn't play last night. Like, they just refused to – like, why do you even have them on the team if they're mm. never going never gonna to play? But I obviously understand both teams were, were trying to shorten up the bench. Golden State went with uh, basically nine players, uh, you know, 18, 2, 15, 13 minutes. And then uh, Houston only goes with uh, Gordon and Green. Uh, Gordon obviously logged a lot of minutes at 35, Green with 12. But uh, the Rockets also shortened their bench. But the big storyline, of course, was the fact that the Warriors ran out of gla- gas after scoring, uh, what, 34, 35 points in that third quarter. Looks like they're going to pull away. And then in the fourth quarter, can only muster 12 points. I don't know how many times that's actually happened this year where the Warriors only had 12 points in one quarter. It was the Warriors season all in one game. The fact that you saw the brilliance of them in that third quarter. You saw what they are capable of. And then the fourth quarter, along with fatigue, I felt like they lost focus. They they weren't trusting their defense, which was kind of – weird to see and then the fact that cp3 goes off in that fourth quarter proven that he you know that you can win with him being the second best player on that team at his age um and give the rockets a lot of credit they scrapped and they clawed and they got back into that game and eventually won it and now we have a series i i think that things i still like the warrior i still don't want to bet against the warriors but after what I saw last night, it's got me worried that where this team's focus is and if it can actually, you know, be in the moment for four full quarters. You know, I, I just I, – they usually rebound well after a loss. I, I have no doubts they'll do that, you know, this, this week. But where will the lapses come then? Mm. And this is the finals. I mean, no matter what happens in the Eastern Conference finals, if it's Boston and – Look, Boston plays good defense sometimes. We didn't really see it the last two games. But Boston can be so miserably bad on offense that there's no way they can match pace with the Warriors. And Cleveland still don't like LeBron's help. They, they were really good the last two games. Hats off to them. But how long can that last? If you want to jump on this uh, Houston bandwagon, I'm all in. I'll take the Warriors. Do you think either the Rockets are going to win this series? 
Are you talking to me? Yes. Who else would I be talking to? Well, I thought you were talking, sending no, something text no, lines. I thought it was clear right there that I, I said the Warriors were going to win this mm-hmm. thing. But it just, it's weird. It's very weird that they have these lapses. And maybe, and, and look, they did look tired, but it's it's strange to me that they would be as tired as they were and the Rockets, you know, were able to, to be, you know, go out and outpace them in the fourth quarter. We should just be excited that we actually had a competitive game That's that right. came down to the last minute, That's literally exactly the last right. seconds. That is exactly right. And with something we've been begging for before that game, the average uh, point differential was 22 points. So for, for both conferences, both conference finals. So I am glad we got a competitive game. Hopefully we can get another one tonight. We do have some NBA news for your Pels, of course, uh, a lot of discussion about what is the future of DeMarcus Cousins in New Orleans. Elvin Gentry is playing in a golf event with the Saints this week. Hmm. That was interesting to watch the dynamics of uh, Gentry and, of course, Sean Payton discussing things. Uh, Gentry met with the uh, press, and he was asked about, all right, what's going on with Cousins? Is this going to work out? Will he be back with the Pels? Will he sign a long-term deal? Well, you know, I don't, I, I don't really talk about free agency, but, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that obviously we'd like to have him back on our team. You know, uh, anyone that thinks you're better uh, having a guy that averaged 26 and 13 not on your team is really kind of not in tune to, to what it takes uh, to win in this league. So, you know, uh, there's just so many factors that enter into it. But, you know, there's not one single person, player, uh, coach, or, you know, in the basketball ops department, our ownership that doesn't want him back. Is this, do you think people forget how good you all were right when he got hurt because of yeah, COVID at the end of every, the season? Yeah, every, everyone seemed to f- <laughs> not realize that we had just beaten Houston, and uh, I think we won nine, uh, uh, eight out of ten games. So, uh, you know, in, in, that, in that situation right there, we won at Boston, and then we, we came home and, you know, doing later on we had beaten Houston. So, uh we were also pretty good with him, too. Gentry on Cousins. Doesn't say a lot, though, right? Says the right things. We want to, We want him, but for the right price. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing new there. Hmm. Uh, what about bridging the gap between uh, the Pels and the likes of Golden State? He was asked that question, and uh, this was his response. Of course, this came before Game 4. Telling me there might be a gap between those two, too. <laughs> So, you know, uh, they're two great teams, uh, you know, and I, I think that uh, our situation there was that, uh, you know, we, I thought Drew did a great job on KD, uh, but, you know, obviously he's still such a great player, but uh, he's doing the same thing to everyone else. So I don't feel bad about what Drew did with him. And I think he shot 50% from the field two out of the five games. And uh, he's doing it every night now. So uh, we feel good about it. You know, obviously, uh, they've been there. And I think uh, you forget a little bit about the experience part of it. Uh, just like I, I, I chuckle when everybody says, boy, Steph is really struggling. And, you know, I don't know, he can't find his shot or whatever. And, you know, he's not struggling. <laughs> he might miss shots, but I, I wouldn't call it struggling. As you see last night, uh, the results of what happens, you know, when they get locked in. And I think people don't give them nearly the credit for the length that they have. So, you know, they're very good at disrupting what you try to do offensively. And, uh, and they're very good at adjusting uh, to what happens game by game. And as I said in the playoffs, uh, 
you know, every game is just its own entity. You know, you, you lose by 22 and win by 41. Uh, that tells me that it's, 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 every single game is its own entity and you got to make the adjustments within games of what's going on in that particular game and not look at it, you know, so broad as a whole series. Interview taking place in the parking lot, avoiding dump trucks as they go by, or the garbage trucks. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think it's a little bit better than your inspirational music in the background. Gentry's <laughs> uh, always going to defend the Warriors, though. Of course. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's his track record with them. Yeah. That, that, an, another uh, non-surprise. All right, this shouldn't be a surprise either, the fact that uh, Anthony Davis uh, listed as one of the three finalists for the MVP award. Gentry was asked about his star player, and finally, if he's getting the recognition that he deserves. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we uh, uh, he's one of those players that's so good you take for granted, I, th- I think, sometimes. You know, I walk in to the locker room sometime, and they give me a stat sheet, and, you know, and I go, holy cow, he had 42 and 19, and it's, it's almost like a quiet 42 that he can get uh, because he's at that level now. It does not surprise me that he's uh, in the runnings for the MVP, <clears throat> and I just think if we could have won more games and maybe had a better uh, seating that, you know, he, he, his, he would really be in the running. But, uh, you know, he is, I mean, you know, there's a few players in this league that, that you may say that's a better, but when you get to number three, you know, his name's got to be there, you know. And I think if you really think about it and factor in the age and everything like that, you know, I, I know this, if you ask all the GMs in this league if they were starting a franchise, who would they take? I think his name would be right at the top of the list. Yeah, who would you take over him? Mm. Ben Simmons? No, I wouldn't take Ben Simmons over him. Some people would say Greek Freak. Um, and what Anthony Davis, twenty-five. Yeah, but some people, do people love Greek Freak. But the thing is, the question becomes whether you would go, still go with LeBron at his age. Do you want to win a couple of championships? I mean, you're talking, I mean, yeah, two, three years, but Anthony Davis, literally, you're getting a decade. If you're forward-thinking, yeah, if you want to build something that's going to last. But if you're wanting to go out. It's hard not to take LeBron right now. It's so hard. You're automatically in the conversation. You're not automatically in the conversation with just AD. You know what I mean? So. That's what the question becomes. That's mm-hmm. always the question we're trying to think of. Who would you take mm-hmm. if you're building? We got some texts here, though. Uh, Tyler says, talking about the Warriors, they were tired from winning by 41 on yes. Monday. Uh, that's the point that I'm trying to make. It's so silly. Like, you see the greatness of them, and then where does that go? And Hogan says, that was the first time in the shot clock era that Golden State had 12 points. Go Rockets. They will win. Oh, Rockets. Rockets prediction. Trey says, love the movie Rudy. Very inspirational for a small person like me. Rudy is great. Uh, someone else says, movie, they like facing the Giants. You seen that one, Aaron? No. I haven't seen that one either. Um, I know it's one that my mom likes. Richie says, how do you feel about any given Sunday? Everyone has an opinion on that one. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it ranks up there with one of the best speeches mm. in a sports movie ever. Might be the best speech. Oh, now that would be a top ten Thursday. Best movie sports, speeches. Best sports speeches. Yeah. Okay. I like that. All right. And we got some audio to go with that. Yeah. It takes some work, but uh, we could make that happen. All right. Write that down. <laughs> He's not writing it down, so we'll forget. 
It's fine. 888-993-7762. Let's take a time out. Coming up next, our parting shots in a minute. Welcome back to the show. One more opportunity, of course, for you to weigh in and tell us your thoughts this morning, this Wednesday morning on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. That is the Goosehead Insurance hotline text line. You can call Stuart at 588-7474. See how Power of Choice can help you save on home and auto insurance. It's part of Parting Shots. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'd love to see some of you do a little bit of research, and I think I'll be able to find six pallbearers. There is no such thing as a flop. It takes a field for our football team. It really do my heart good. The Morning Drive takes its parting shots. Before we get into this, and, and Jake has done some incredible research for something that's going to take place in months uh, with some college betting. Hey, you're not going to give us a little tease. What are some of the finalists for uh, your, your baby that's going to arrive here very soon? Some of the, the names? We we have the names. You don't want to tease us? or? Well, I, I was going to wait. We're, we're waiting to find out the gender uh-huh. at, for birth. Like, so do you have like two or three girls' names? No, just two? one for each. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I uh, was just going to wait and say it. That, that's true. You know? I don't want you to. Yeah. It's fine. Are you I, obviously you're happy with these two? Did you come up with them, or did she, or did I? <laughs> you definitely didn't. Uh, it was a it was a combined effort. Um, so the, I gave you like thirty or forty names, and none of those no even made the final. Honestly, I was so hard to I I, I didn't like any name really. Uh, <laughs> I was just like I always found something wrong with with every name, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, two circumstances happened that uh, I was like, okay, well, I guess this this should be it. I feel like this is a sign. So you feel very good about these. Yeah, things. yeah, and I, and they've grown on me. All right, look forward to when the baby arrives. Yeah, not the name. This Next is going to be very suspenseful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so you know what else is going to be suspenseful? Yeah. These sports bets this college football season. <laughs> Week one. Week one. I've already looked at the lines and. Should I get the teller on the line to squash these? Uh, I would love for him to talk me out of any bad moves, yeah. but I doubt he would do that. He would just trash uh, Northeast Louisiana. Mm, yeah. Um, all right. So I said tech. I like tech. Uh, minus 10. Um, the reason why I do is because, like I said, tech beat South Alabama 34 to 16 last year, and the Jags went 4 and 8 last year. Okay. Um, you look at this offense and you've got a returning Jay Moore Smith. You've got uh, some talented running backs, you know, some they're going to step up. But if you look on the outside, you've got four of your top five wide receivers returning. You've got two all conference linemen returning. I feel pretty good about that offense. And you look at the defense and they've got pretty much the stars back, right? I mean, I think everybody's feeling pretty good about Louisiana Tech's defense after what they did Meek's pretty good, and Jalen Ferguson, I think, is in store for a huge year. I think so, too. So, South Alabama had one of the worst passing defenses in the Sun Belt last year. Um, So, that's a positive if you're thinking the the 10 points scare you. Um, And, and, you know, you look at what ULM and South Alabama did. I I, I look at both of those games because we know ULM and Tech more than most of the people on that schedule. and ULM, you know, uh, their defense did fairly well. I mean, they, they held them to 33 points in that game. You know, a ULM defense that – Second worst in the country. Yeah. So, 
seriously, that like I was looking at that and going, okay, so they're not exactly frightening as an offensive team, and their defense has some passing woes. But going up against those wide receivers, I think Louisiana Tech can cover the 10 points. And I kind of feel like as we get closer, that line's going to go up All a right. bit. So I wanted to jump on that. So mm-hmm. that's one that I'm I believe the college on. football season is 99 days away. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm, uh, I'm anticipating it just a little bit. My, my second one was Boise State minus 10 and a half. Um, against two. Against um, Troy. Right. So they, Boise State's usually good for 10 wins a season. Um, and they've, they're going against a Troy team that they beat by 11 last year. Boise State has 15 starters back, including their quarterback who's thrown for more than 6,400 yards the last two seasons. And Troy has to replace Brandon Silvers, who threw for over 10,000 yards in his career at Troy. I feel like having to replace a guy like that, you're bound to have a hiccup or two, especially in the very first game. And with Boise State, you know, kind of reestablishing itself after Peterson left as, you know, that powerful uh, group five team, I like Boise State's cover by 10 and a half. Mm. Am I not making sense? Yes. Okay. Uh, John does point this out, though. says uh, South Alabama had a receiver playing corner because of injuries last year, and they've added four JUCO transfers. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what you have to, you know, factor in. But I still like I, – I think I'm higher on tech than most people this mm. year. I really do. Because I remember when we were talking about win totals a while back, you were kind of surprised I was as mm. high as I was. Getting back on track, um, I like Virginia Tech plus six and a half against Florida State. Uh, Florida State only has three returning stars on defense. We know they're going to have athletes. They recruit very well in Tallahassee, but still only three returning starters on, on that defense. And that offensive line was absolutely horrible last year. And if you look at this Virginia Tech defense, yeah, they have some big spots to fill, which now makes that defensive line their strength of their defense. So I think they're going to feast on that. So I like that. I also like the fact that Josh Jackson had somewhat of a breakout season last year. I expect him to get better this year. And, you know, things are just going well for Virginia Tech. If you're giving me six and a half against the Florida State team without Jimbo Fisher, yeah, I'll take that. And lastly, <laughs> this is uh, this is just for fun. I was going to put some money on LSU plus three. Plus three. I, I feel like that. But you want more. You think I you definitely want four, more. Four and a half. I definitely want more. Um, but, again, this is just a fun pick. This I'm not saying this is a smart pick. Uh, I think LSU can certainly compete with them on turf. I think those skilled players on the outside are going to be very fast. Uh, I think LSU – I've talked – I'm not going to bore you again. We're talking about LSU's front seven. You know how I feel about them. Mm. So, if you're giving me three points, and I think um, that line will probably move some when we get closer, just just how it normally, go, normally does. And uh, – especially if Joe Burrow comes in and starts making some noise in practice and people start going, oh, well, you know, LSU could be something with Burrow at quarterback. I feel like that line will move, so why not jump on it now? I just want to know, did you find somebody to place your bet there in Vegas for the uh, win totals on LSU? Not yet. Yeah. But they're kind of slack. They're actually they're working in Vegas, my buddies are, uh-huh. and they went to a couple. Working in Vegas. Yeah, it's like an expo or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, they're working on that. All right. They still think six and a half at one of the books? Six and a half, we're jumping all over it. (laughs) We're jumping all over it. (laughs) 
Uh, how often have we said uh, this this year, a big midweek game for the Bulldogs and David Leal? Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't it weird how this conversation has come full circle? How many times we have talked about this this year, Louisiana Tech, and what Leal has looked like against uh, you know uh, opponents? Well, they need a big performance out of him today. You can hear the game right here at 1230, Louisiana Tech versus Rice. Of course, the number two seed in Conference USA Tournament, the Bulldogs looking to advance on. This should be fun. The dogs at 38 and 18 overall continue to work on that resume. Certainly need to make a deep run, if not make it all the way to the finals, to have a legitimate chance. Sure. And what a great sports day, man. 1230, Tech Rice, 430, LSU, Florida, 730, Cavs, Celtics. Mm. I'm going to enjoy myself today. No bold predictions uh, like you had for ULM winning a game against the Cajuns? <laughs> I don't always get them right. Yeah. Uh, I like Tech. I don't know about it. Uh, that looks like a dicey matchup for LSU. Hilliard has been outstanding recently for the Tigers, but uh, going up against mm. the top-ranked team in the country in Florida, we'll see. Yeah, Florida's coming off of a – they just got swept. Yeah. But they weren't at full health, and they didn't pitch everybody. So that might have been a little bit of fool's gold there for Mississippi State. And then if LSU's able to get by Florida, what do they have left in the pen? Well, Matthew Beck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Hess can come back out. I mean, he he didn't. Yeah. How many did he pitch? What three? Maybe three innings. So he can still come out uh, toward the latter part of this tournament. But I I looked at this as a one game tournament for LSU. I know LSU fans don't want to admit that, but it was so important to beat Mississippi State and make sure you get in. Now, whatever happens today, it's yeah. it's fine. It's gravy. It's gravy. You're you're in the tournament. It's it's playing all the best team in the country. Arguably, arguably, but, last time you met him was in the College World Series. Yeah, but but I do say you know Maneri, give him credit. I do like how much importance he gives this tournament. So I do like the yeah. fact that you know they always they don't ever just want to show up and make sure they're in. They want to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of pride in that. So for that, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the strategy is after Hilliard today. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.